Hey, what's going up, you guys? Welcome back to a brand new, spanking brand new episode of the Infinity Boxer Watch. I'm your Infinity Boy Anthony, alongside your boxman, Brian. Brian. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. We are back. We are back for a while. We had a little summer vacation. It's over now. And we're here. And back we're... with some random characters, too. Yes, we're going to talk. This is our episode. This is a big episode. This is a giant. This is our biggest episode. Probably of the year. Ever. Yeah. Oh. We are gonna <laughs> we are gonna talk about the new DC flick that just hit theaters. Blue Beetle. I almost called it Bleedle. Bleedle. And the new Disney Plus <laughs> excuse me. Oh my goodness. That well, probably scares me. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it almost sounded like the name of the show. Yeah. The new Disney Plus series, Ahsoka from the Star Wars universe. We'll talk about all that. And more on this episode, but as always, firstly, first things first, we're going to talk about news in the news. And Brian, they're still striking. We left, we came back, they're still striking. I've heard there's been progress. I have not been following, admittedly. I mean, they're like not even at the table for the, the actors, I believe. I believe uh, they're, okay. they're, with the, they're, they're with the writers, but I believe the actors aren't even talking to them. That's not great. No. But, so we're uh, just going to continue to see pushbacks, huh? Yeah, for the most part. Um, All right. Next year is going to be interesting if they don't fix this by Christmas. Um, yeah. Because, you know. Because they're, they're eventually going to run out of yeah, shit stuff they can the release can. that was yeah. already filmed. Yeah, they're going to run out of shit that they have in the can. 100%. Um, Maybe we'll get back, girl. <laughs> I don't think they're that desperate. Um, <laughs> but we do have a little news in the news, even though we are still striking. Uh, Taika Waititi uh, was in the news uh, because there has been a report uh, on social media from My Time to Shine Hello, who is apparently a, uh, um, a well-known source uh, to be right on these things, mm-hmm. and Thor 5 is currently in development. Um, they do report that Taika is not yet linked to return, but hasn't been ruled out either, and this is likely due to the writers and actors being on strike. No one can sign anything, no one can do anything, um, but Marvel does have this film in development. I figured uh, they didn't wrap up Thor and Thor 4, um, so seems like Chris Hemsworth still wants to do it while he can. Um, which is cool with me. I, I would like them to maybe get a new director. I, I, I'm of the opinion that Thor 4 is good. Um, it's a good movie. I enjoyed it. I thought it was funny. I thought it was heartfelt. I thought it was, you know, uh, I had, thought it had a lot of, like, well, heart with uh, Jane, the J- finishing up the Jane storyline. Uh, obviously, I think Christian Bale was great as Gore. I thought they could have done more with him, though. But overall, I thought it was a yeah. good, pretty good flick. Um, but people I think do, it's good. People do uh, not have that opinion. Uh, a lot of people don't like it, and even you me, like it more than I did. Even me, who like it, like I like it. Uh, I do think it's time to move on from Taika and give, maybe give someone else a chance with the character. And maybe if Thor Five is the wrap up to wrap it up, I, I, I don't know. I, yeah, I think uh, my issue, I think, with Four, like maybe where we differed a bit, is I think like. Three was funny and four got silly. Like there are a lot of like yeah. eye roll humor jokes as opposed to just being like genuinely funny. I think that was just like YTD's quirkiness coming in. Yeah. Um, I, I can't say I'm like super excited for the Hercules storyline, but yeah. yeah, there's clearly more places to go with Thor. And if he's willing to do it, which he said he is, yeah. why not continue? Exactly. Uh, but yeah, maybe make. Taiki like a consultant or something on the funny parts. Yeah, obviously got to keep him on his Korg, and um, yes, yeah, so that's fine. He still gets a payday out of it, so we'll see. That'll be uh, that'll be more news uh, when the strikes end. So, but that that was an interesting yeah. that was an interesting development to hear um, through. Uh, the strike because we haven't really gotten much news. So that's yeah, we haven't. Yeah. Um, and our second piece of news is comes from WB, uh, our favorite friends from 
you know, the DC universe. Uh, they pushed back Dune from November 3rd to March 15th, 2024. Um, and that's... I thought it was already filmed. Like, I thought they filmed it all at once, but I could be wrong. Unless they're just trying to... Oh, it's ready. It's just they want, they want Chabladoo and Zendaya and all these people to promote it, and they know they're not going to be able to promote it in November. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I mean, Dune 1 was quite boring, so yeah, I'm in I, no I, rush. I watched it on Max, didn't love it. Um, Zendaya was in it for like five seconds. I wasn't... My uh, thing with Dune is, like, I think they... Who's right? I think Frank Herbert wrote it. Mm. I think he thought, like, he created this awesome world, and it's just boring. Mm. And, like, he just kept going. He just kept doubling down. Like, this is it. Love it. Um, also came from WB was uh, Godzilla and Kong number two um, was moved from that date on March 15th to April 12th. So moved a month back. Um, and unfortunately, Brian didn't know this was a thing because I've been pretty behind in this world. Um, mm-hmm. But apparently the Lord of the Rings, the War of Rahim was supposed to come out in April. It's coming out next December 2024. Oh, I didn't know that either. Yeah. Um, didn't realize that WB was still making these movies as Amazon was making the TV show. But I know the whole Amazon rights thing with the TV show was a little bit weirder than we had thought going in. I still haven't watched the show at all. Um, I will eventually get to that, even though Wheel of Time is coming back next month. And I'll probably watch that first. But maybe that'll get me in the mood to watch some Lord of the Rings. You know what I mean? Yeah, the show is good. It, like... I mean, Lord of the Rings is my favorite movies ever. So they're amazing. I, um, you know, I remember watching the show and being like, "This is good." I don't know if I needed it, but well, we'll see. Hopefully, the movie's good. The whole weird thing animated. They 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 bought the rights to um, Amazon. I'm talking about. They bought the rights to like some weird J.R.R. Tolkien like prehistory book, right? That like. It's like pre, 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 pre Lord of the Rings, right? It's like super, super prequel. Is it the Silmarillion? Yeah. Yes, that's what. Yes, that's what it's called. Yeah. Yeah, I have that. I actually just bought that to read it. I don't know what I'm going to start. Yeah. But I read like a description about it. They were like, I forget what they called it, so I'm just going to make it up. But they were like, he writes in a high style and a low style, and the high is like all this like grandiose rich elven stuff and the low style is like hobbits being funny and fat and like lord of the rings is a combination of both and the cimmerillion is the high style and apparently it's very dry and boring to get through interesting very very so we'll see but yeah they they got all of that so i know there's like a lot of essays and short stories so they can go a lot of places with it yes um, and then finally, WB uh, did not move their three December flicks. So you will still be getting, Brian, in December, Wonka, The Color Purple, and Aquaman 2. They will all still be coming out at the end of the year. Uh, they are not moving a, those off those dates. Not a month I'll be racing to the movie theaters, i got to tell you. Well, let me tell you, Christmas Day, you will be at the theater seeing Aquaman, I bet. I bet you and Christmas Day. your whole family, you know, your kids, your nieces, your nephews, your brother, your sister, oh, going, huh? your father, you're all going. <laughs> you're going to be like, Jason Momoa is in theaters. We're going, everybody. All right. I'll let you know if that happens. Excellent. Excellent. But yeah, I mean, I'm not, I say I'm not going to see Wonka, but Catherine wants to see it and I really don't want to see it. And it's just, I don't want to talk about it. Um, is she a big fan of the original? She thinks the trailer looks amazing. I mean, then she is who they are targeting. So, there you go. So, we'll see. I'm, I'm not looking forward to that. But with that said, that's going to end our news in the news, man. Our news in the news is only bad news, usually. Uh, we, were, we were blessed with a little Thor news. But other than that, we got nothing until... Until these strikes end. Yeah, Although, what was it? A few, weeks ago, a few weeks ago, I remember uh, you texted me that apparently Disney does not have Echo on their uh, release slate anymore. 
And I, yeah, they removed it. I like that only because I think that they might need that to not be a drop. So they might need to drop that, you know, like as a as a like a weekly series. Um, yeah, I just I don't see that doing well as a weekly series. I don't I don't know because you need like all of the Vincent D'Onofrio fans to be aware that that's what that is. Yeah. Well, let me let me tell you. Um, usually these. Uh, at least the last year or so, these series have not been doing well. Like no. Se- Secret Invasion and or... Um... Well, you just did two bad ones, so I get why. <laughs> um, but yes, yeah, so like recently the Disney Plus series have not been doing well, and people believe that that's why they changed the Ace Ahsoka uh, drop schedule to 9 p.m. Eastern on Tuesdays, rather than 3 a.m. on a Wednesday. Yep. Because they think yep. maybe that's more like a, if they drop it like during a prestige time, um, which I don't know if Tuesday is prestige, but like if they drop it in the middle of the you know evening, people will watch it and tweet about it and talk about it, even if it's yeah. bad. So I think that's a big thing, and I, I think you know Echo. I think they're, they're just they just might need the content next year. You know what I mean? Like so they yeah. might, they might be holding that back. So we'll see. That's nothing official, but it was off the schedule. And I, I would like to. I don't. I don't want to binge Echo. Like so, I'd prefer to just watch an episode a week. Um, I got it. That's just. Me. But yeah, right now it's not on there, so yeah. who knows? Yeah, but we'll see. I like that. That's like one of the delays I'm like cool with. That and Dune because now um, I think the Marvels will get more premium screens and stuff like that when it comes out. Like the week was supposed to come out like the week after that. So yeah. And the trailers look fun. Oh, I'm very much looking forward to the Marvels. I think that could be the best. Eh, it won't be better than Guardians, but I think it'll be one of the better things Marvel's put out in a while. I, yeah. I, I truly think, you know, the Miss Marvel dynamic in that movie is going to be great. She's so good. Amon Volani. Yep. Love her. I hope so. But let's move on. Brian, do you want to do Ahsoka first or do you want to do Bleedle? Uh, let's do Ahsoka. I feel okay. like that's quicker. Yeah. Oh, it'll be quick. I mean, like we know with these shows, there's really not a lot to talk about. Yeah. Um, Although, I will say, strong start to Ahsoka. Yeah. Um, I think we mentioned this when we talked about when the trailer dropped. Um, Star Wars is its at its best when it's just cool Jedi shit. You know what I mean? Yep. So this show being filled with Jedis... It's just going to be one of the better shows that they've done. Um, yeah, absolutely. And obviously they hit a home run with the first two seasons of The Mandalorian. And it was only season three that they kind of, you know, they, they threw they threw a, a crooked slider out there, you know. But, uh, yep. It was, it was a shot in the dark. Yeah, but uh, I'm looking forward to where this is going. Um, it will consist of eight episodes, not six. Um, so that's that's another cool thing. Although they did drop, they did drop two episodes on the first, so there's seven more weeks um, of this series, and it leads right into um, Loki. So that's cool. So we don't have to wait uh, for anything. Yeah, I like when they time it like that. Yeah, um, which is I assume why they drop two episodes um, because the first episode, like you know, normally when they drop two episodes, any of these streamers. When they drop two episodes, it's always like, oh, you know, they dropped it because, like, the first episode is kind of, like, boring and the second episode is cool. But it was kind of flipped here. The first episode was great. <laughs> I thought the first episode was cool. Yeah. And second one was okay. Yeah. But, um, yeah, Ahsoka uh, is, you know, you, you know her if you watched um, The Mandalorian. And that's live action, the Rosario Dawson version. Well, you know her if you yeah. watched the Clone Wars movie, the Clone Wars series. Star Wars Rebels, which this is p- apparently basically a sequel to that uh, animated show, Star Wars Rebels, um, uh, who say that pe- people say it's a great show. And if this show is good, I might go back and watch Star Wars Rebels because um, basically all the characters. Yes, yeah, so, well, you're an animated guy. I, I am an animated guy. It's just these these Star Wars shows um, were not streaming. Obviously, these I, I wasn't like seeking out animation back then you know like like I yeah. now it's streaming like with harley quinn and invincible and you know even star wars visions which i really like on disney plus and um rick and morty and and you know stuff like that like i wasn't i wasn't an animation seeker even though i loved it like as a kid like it was it's great um and i yeah. seek it out on streaming but like these shows came out on like disney xd and like 
the Cartoon Network and stuff like that. Like it was Clone Wars it was Cartoon Network for a long time, and I wasn't I wasn't seeking that stuff out at that time. So that's why I never right. that's why I never watched any of this stuff. That's why I like recently just watched the Clone Wars movie, uh, which is pretty good. Um, uh, and that is like the main Ahsoka Tano, like where she gets introduced. So I, I know her yeah. origin story at least from from that movie. I know. Um... I know Sabine Wren, like when she cuts her hair in whatever episode it was. Yeah, that that whole scene, yeah, that whole scene when she's walking like out of the ship and Ahsoka's behind her, that is exactly from the finale of uh, Rebels. Mm-hmm. Like it's shot for shot, mm-hmm. animated in live action. Interesting. That's pretty cool. They're you know they're respecting it all. Yeah. Oh, I mean, it's Dave Filoni is is writing and directing this show, so. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's also why it's probably really, really good. He's he's Mr. Star Wars, you know? Like yep. he knows he knows more than George Lucas, so. <laughs> and also this is supposed to tie into the movie that they're gonna eventually do. It's supposed to be the Boba Fett Mandalorian Ahsoka movie. So that is interesting. Yeah. And it always and that also should tie into probably this the start of the sequels, you know, the the sequel series. Uh Definitely looking for more ties to that. We finally got you know the red clone soldiers at the end of the Mandalorian, which was really really cool. Um, yep. And it's funny because like I hate that movie. I hate Last Jedi. But just seeing that you know the beginning of that in the Mandalorian, I was like, oh that's cool. I know the thing, the Leo Leonardo DiCaprio like pointing meme. Oh, yep. Fucking, I know that. I know <laughs> that guy. So it'll be cool. Not to they... deviate away from it, but I saw some tweet before. Apparently the. Critic score of Last Jedi is like ninety something, and the audience score is like forty. Yeah, <laughs> like we know what trash this is. Here's the thing, right? I like Ryan Johnson, like with his Knives Out stuff. I thought those two movies were really, really good. But yeah. he really didn't need to go into the Star Wars like vault and start looking at this weird shit. That is like in the sacred text that George Lucas actually made up and stuff like that. Like that's where he got two in the weeds in that movie, and then it was just I don't know. As a Star Wars fan, like I don't I don't want the weeds in the Star Wars. Like I just no, not at all. I want like a compelling story, Jedi shit, a good bad guy, space chases, and the space chase he gave us was the slowest. It was they were like. If you remember, Brian, they were like, let's just wait until they run out of fuel. Yep. That was the chase in, in The Last Jedi. Uh, we can't get on to The Last Jedi now. And then when she fucking light speeds through the fucking ship and fucking Le- Leia just like fucking jumps out of the ship, I just... Remember Space Leia? Space Leia. And the fucking <laughs> and, and Finn storyline on the gambling planet. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah, the horse race. I fucking hate that. Like, like, uh, Rise of Skywalker, also bad, but like in comparison, it's so much better than the Last Jedi. Yeah, and it's terrible. It gave us somehow Palpatine returns, and it is somehow better than the Last Jedi. Don't ask me how. Uh, yeah, somehow Palpatine returns. <laughs> Great writing, JJ. I fucking love JJ. <laughs> And that is just the laziest shit of all time. <laughs> we need to figure out how to return. What if we just say somehow, done? You know what? They can't argue with it because it just it happens somehow. Yeah. They did gonna, explain it. Who are we going to have deliver this line? I don't know. Oscar can do it. <laughs> all right, Ahsoka, starring Rosario Dawson, written and directed by Dave Filoni. Uh, I liked that they had a little scroll scroll here. That really got me in the mood. That got me hard. Yeah, right away. I love it when they do little pretexts with me and tell me what's going on. It's stupid they haven't done it for every single thing. They just should have. Sometimes they don't. At first, I was like, oh, you want to keep it for the episodes, and it makes sense. Like You want to just keep it for traditional Star Wars shows or, or movies or whatever. Because they do it in the Clone War animated movie and stuff like that. And, you know, it, it's like, oh, let's just keep it for the proper movies. But no, do it for everything. It's just, it's it's so much better. Yeah. 
So the scroll was basically like, hey, uh, the the remains of the Empire are trying to bring back this guy, uh, Admiral Thrawn, who was thought to be dead. But there's a map that might lead to where he is. And uh, Ahsoka now knows about it. She caught a prisoner. And now she's looking for it, basically. Yeah, well, she just locked her prisoner up and kind of bounced, which, yeah. you know, you could just see where that's going. Yeah. Um, so the start is cool. It's some Sith uh, remains of the Empire uh, board the prisoner ship, kill everybody, take the prisoner back. She's yeah. like, Ahsoka is onto us. Uh, she captured me, and now she's looking for the map, too. And they're like, that's not cool. And then we cut to Ahsoka, who is finding the map, because she's Ahsoka. And she gets it. That was a long fucking scene. That was my only complaint about the first episode. How long she's just looking in dirt. Oh my god, I went and made coffee. I was like, she's still still in the dirt there? Okay. She found it, and then some droids found her. Yep. Yeah. yeah, the droids got the it. Droids um, Some early lightsaber action, which is always cool with me. She's got the dual ones, which is just really cool looking. Yeah. Um, and they self-destruct, and she has to run onto her ship and get away from the self-destruction. There's a big explosion. Which, what fucking bombs did they have strapped to them? Yeah, man. I mean, there was a lot of them, I guess. Well, there were only four of them, or five. But these bombs were like... <laughs> Jesus Christ. Oppenheimer bomb. But yeah, she got out of there. And and she's real skeptical of her droid. Yeah, yeah. She is. She's like, why she's like, are you, where were like, you not just there for me? He was like, well, yeah. old Jedi protocol, I should be out of the way. And then I come drop in. She's like, there's no more Jedi, so just don't do that. Yeah. And he was like, well, it's my programming, <laughs> man. Leave me alone. I'm a droid. Yeah, you know he's voiced by David Tennant for some reason. Really? I like, and I knew it, and I was trying to hear it. I couldn't really hear it. I don't know why they needed to pay David Tennant to do that. Mm. Um, but yeah, she got the map, got out of there, um, and they find out that once her face of prisoner Elspeth got escaped or was captured or whatever, or. Re, you know, saved by her uh, her sister friends, and um, they start looking at the map. It's locked, and they have to try to figure out how to unlock it. And they decide to get help from Debian Ren, who I thought was awesome. Yeah. Uh, who was used to be Ahsoka's Padawan, and uh, she is looking at the map. They're able to unlock it, but then she gets attacked, and uh, the map is stolen. She gets stabbed by one of the Sith from the beginning of the episode. And uh, Ahsoka shows up before she gets killed. That's episode one. That was episode one? Yeah. I thought it was a pretty cool ending. Thought she was dead. She's not dead, but it was a cool episode. Yeah, I, when I saw it, I was like, oh, they killed her. And then I'm like, eh, no, it's just through the gut. She'll be fine. I was like, she's going to go to bank to back to thing, isn't she? <laughs> Where God is a back to thing. <laughs> um, episode two, less fun. Yeah. Episode two is um, a lot of, like, character work. Yeah, like, Sabine Ren is fine. She cuts her hair. Um... She gets her Mandalorian, and so like, she's apparently a Mandalorian. I like that she's Mandalorian. That's, yeah. that's a little cool thing now that we know the a lot about the Mandalorians. Yeah. And um, they go to these shipyards to try to get the map back, and uh, they find out that there's this hyperdrive that's being built, and um, it's being transported away. So Ahsoka, again, has another nice lightsaber fight here with uh, a dude that had the dual one, which is cool. Yes. Um, someone he used to work for, uh, Elsbeth, who she had in that first episode, and um, what was the whole thing with Chopper? There was like this... Yeah, it was um, Harry... Oh, uh, the tracking device. There's another character, I don't think we talked... But played by Mary Elizabeth Winstead, um, 
Hera, who she um, she's like a New Republic general, and she has this guy named Chopper, and he's cute, and he put a tracker on the the ship. Yeah, before it got out of there. And uh, so you know they're they're getting there, but they still have a they still have to follow the tracker, see where this thing goes. So in the meantime, Ahsoka and Ren make up a little bit. She's gonna be her Padawan again. How nice! They want to find Ezra Bridger, who is this dude that they both loved. They mentioned him like a million times. He was in Rebels. He was in some other stuff with them, and he will be in this eventually when they find him, I'm sure. But they're going to team up to find him, and um, otherwise, they uh, we see some of the enemies, like Elsbeth and a couple of goons that they fought, who have the hyperdrive, and uh, they are also searching for Thrawn. So everyone's searching for Thrawn. They want him. It's apparently good. So that's a focus so far. Yeah. Interesting show. I'm interested. A lot of good performances, a lot of good actors, actresses. It's interesting, at least. Like, Boba Fett and, um, like, Andor. I remember Wednesday's coming along and being like, ugh, yeah. fucking watch this show. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, week. I would usually wait until, like, Friday to watch it. Or, like, Saturday, you know? It wasn't, like, yes. a must-watch for me at all. Right. But, yeah, this might be. I might watch it every Wednesday. Or, yeah, yeah. Like Tuesday night if I get a chance, you know. So, interesting. And we're still haven't gotten a, you know, Hayden is in it. Uh, I don't know how big, maybe Force Ghost, but I'm looking forward to I'm it. I'm excited for him. Yeah. He's the best. The absolute fucking best. So, continue to follow us along on this uh, Ahsoka journey. We'll be back every week with Ahsoka. But... The main event, the steak and potatoes of this episode, is going to be the new DC flick, the penultimate uh, DCEU flick. Blue yeah. Beetle came out on August 18th in the United States, and um, we saw it, and now we're going to talk about it. Um, it was directed by uh, Angel Manuel Soto. Uh, uh, Zolo, married Dwayne, married Dwayne. I am Spanish, ladies and gentlemen. Um, <laughs> a guy, the guy from Cobra Kai. That's yes. what he always is to me. Zolo. Um, he played Jaime Reyes, Blue Beetle. Um, Susan Sarandon was in this as uh, Victoria Cord, uh, the main bad guy. Uh, that was yep. fun. Um, Bruna Marquinez, Marquinez was Jenny Cord. Uh, she had a big part uh, in this movie. Um, and then the, the family, um, Adriana Barraza was Nana. Uh, Damian Alcazar was Alberto, the father. Uh, Epidelia Carillo was uh, Rocchio, uh, the mother. And uh, wow, it doesn't list the sister. Where's the sister? Uh, Belisa Escobedo. Was the sister, yeah. and obviously George Lopez was Uncle Rudy, the uncle. Um, so a, a pretty tight main cast here. You see a lot of the same people, but they were all really, 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 really good. Um, and Raul Trujillo. I described Raul Trujillo played the uh, physical bad guy, um, Ignacio yes. Neomac. Fucking um, Carapax. But yeah, Brian. Um, what to talk? Am I kicking us off here? What to talk about? I do know. Um, I missed it, but during the opening credits, apparently there's a Green Lantern in the opening credits. Oh yeah. I didn't. See oh it. yeah. I didn't see it. Uh, I only saw it because I saw that little blurb beforehand. Okay. Um, so that's cool. Um, but generally, a uh, on. In, in its own little world movie, which I I love. I'm, I'm glad we got this. Yeah, no, nothing. The first thing uh, my dad asked me when, after I saw it, he goes, anyone else from any of the other movies in it? Nope. Standalone, which is a nice breath of fresh air. Yep. Big time. Um, and I kind of described it as like if Iron Man and Shazam had a baby. The movies. <laughs> 
Because it's like a lot of family stuff. Yes. But you know, there's there are comparisons to Iron Man. I'll show you. I'll, I'll show you a TikTok of where a person goes over the plot, and he was like, "Blue Beetle, right?" And everyone's like, "Yeah." And he's like, "No, I was talking about Ant Man." <laughs> yeah, I could see it. Yeah, so I'll, I'll send that to you later. Um, all right. But what we're talking about is all good movies, so I really enjoyed this flick. Yeah. Um, I thought Zola was incredible. I thought he's you know he's so young and he's so he's so good here. But yeah, let's talk about it. Um, yeah, here's here's my question to you. Uh, this movie takes place in Palmyra City. Is that a Floridian city or a Southern Californian city? Um, I thought it was Floridian, but I guess we could look that up, right? Yeah, let's do it. Come on, Palmyra City is located in. If I could type, Texas. Oh, that makes sense, because they're right by the Mexico border, they mentioned. Ah, interesting. That's, that's from the DC database. That's from the DC database. I'm also saying this. See, we were both wrong. That's amazing. Huh. Well, there you go. Learn something new every day. Exactly. But yeah, they do talk about the Mexico border like two or three times. So. Which is why I was like, oh, well, it's got to be Southern California then. Right, but, yeah, Florida's nowhere near. But, but like, it kind of looked like the main city looks like... It looks like Miami, almost like, like the offshoot yeah, of Miami. Exactly, yeah. See, this is the problem where, like, the one problem with DC who makes up their own cities is then I have to figure out what the... what the connection is to a regular... Movie. What the fuck body of water were they looking at then in Texas? The Gulf. That was a kind of a small gulf. The Gulf of Mexico. I wasn't impressed. All right. Um. Actually, uh, start just start talking about the movie after we have a charger. I'm gonna do that. All right. So, starts off in Antarctica. We learn about Cord Industries, which it's not like as big as um, like Wade Enterprises or LexCorp, but Cord Industries is like a thing in DC world, and um. Victoria Cord is running this uh, team basically in Antarctica where they find this ancient alien artifact called the Scarab. Uh, we don't know much about it, uh, but she wants to bring it back home and work on it. And you know, her, I think it was her niece, Jenny, finds out that she's uh, using this to create this one-man army corpse, which is something they visited like years ago. And Jenny is not cool with it. Uh, so that's that's like the whole backstory we get from yes. from the Cord family. And her father. Uh, before uh, her we, father went missing. Yeah, father went missing way back when. And um, meanwhile, we meet uh, Jaime Reyes. He graduated college first in his family. Gotham Law. Gotham Law. Good for him. And he uh, he heads back home to Texas, <laughs> and um, not great news is waiting for him. No. Um, his family is getting evicted um, because the rent has been tripled. That's, and that just hits too close to home nowadays. That's yeah, it's not great. Um, his dad also had a heart attack. Uh, which they did not tell him about. They didn't want to distract him. And he's like, all right, well, I got to stay here and help you guys. So uh, Victoria Cord, him and his him and his sister work at the mansion. And um, they actually witness a fight between Jenny and Victoria that gets both of them fired. Basically, they just piss off Victoria by even being there. Yeah. Um, so they get fired. Jenny feels bad. She's like, all right, come back tomorrow. I'll get you a job. So he goes back the next day. And after Jenny had fought about the, uh, the OMEC projects, he goes and steals the scarab, uh, tries to escape. And at the last second, you know, they, she knows that they will suspect her. So she stays and gives it, gives this, uh, big belly burger box. Uh, to Jaime and just says, guard this with your life. I'll be in touch. Get out of here. 
because he they have each other's cell phone numbers anyway. Yeah. And he goes home and looks at it. And he actually wasn't going to open it. Yeah, she said not to. Uh, yeah, I'm with the rest of his family. I would open that on the way home. <laughs> uh, so they open it up, and they're all playing with it, but uh, the scarab chooses its host. And uh, it chooses Jaime, fuses to him. We learn, like, literally to his body. Yeah, fuses. It, and, uh, uh, becomes, it not only is it sentient, it, uh, it, it basically d- doubles with him. It, it becomes part of him. Yeah. And uh, we get a long scene of him, like, basically the the way that, it's kind of like Jarvis, if Jarvis took control. Yeah. Where it kind of just shows him everything the suit can do, because it knows that he has no idea, which he says many times. Um, so, yeah, so he uses, he takes the suit, he goes to look for Jenny. Ask her what the fuck this is. And, um, she, he kind of saves her because Victoria is not a fan of her. He, like, finds her running away from Victoria's goons. And he picks her up and they race home. And that's when she explains everything. Like, he's going to be the host. And there is this watch that they have to get that belonged to her father that will, um, Help them get Basically help out. them yeah. get this off him. Uh, the only problem is it's in court industries, which is now in like total lockdown. Um, so Rudy was able to help them with like I forget exactly the advice like that he had, man. but it was it was a way for them to like get in, like jam the signal so no one knows that they're there, get to watch and get out. Yeah. Um, and they go in, they get it, and this is when we first have the fight with, like, we see the Omex suit up and gen- up, up close and personal with Carapax, Victoria's right hand guy. And um, yeah, it's a good thing the suit can control itself because yeah. Jaime would have been just obliterated. Yeah. Um. So they uh they fight for a little bit. He kind of gets his ass handed to him. Carapax is about to like break his skull on the sidewalk. And uh, Rudy and Jenny help him get out of there. And they go back home to where uh, to where Jenny grew up. It's abandoned now. And her dad, Ted, had like this basically like a bat cave sort of thing. Yes. But we'll call it a beetle cave. Yeah. He, um, Rudy was like, oh my God, your dad was Blue Beetle? And, yep. Um, he was the original Blue Beetle, which again people, people made their Ant-Man comparisons with Scott Lang and Hank Pym. Um, and he's got all this shit. It's all very '90s neon-y. It was pretty cool. Um, and Rudy's like, I can get, it. I can, I can dig into this computer, find answers. So you just gotta give me time. Yeah. So um, so him and him and Jenny go off. Uh, yes. They have a little bit of their little romantic moment. Mm-hmm. And um, he says that you know, he interrupts them and is like, all right, good news, bad news. Good news, we can get it off. Bad news, you'd have to be dead for us to do it. <laughs> so basically, this is just his life now. So Rudy, and, uh, Rudy tells the story about, um, so Ted apparently was, he, you know, he was, he was a blue beetle, but he was never chosen by the scarab. And, um, he basically just took its tech and made his suits and all that stuff. And he, he's, but what, one of his doctors or one of his students or whatever was chosen by the scarab. Um, and that's how they know that the only way to get it out is if the person dies. Yeah. So RIP to that. And, uh, right. Seriously. They had to die, obviously. Yeah. And it's this, uh, Kaji Da is like this, uh, yes, that's the name of the scarab. Yeah, they he starts referring to it very often in like the final fight. Yeah. Um so the uh the helicopter flies overhead and they realize it's going to Jamie's house, um or Jaime's house. They call him Jamie as a yeah. 
as like a ping early on. See, that's what I get for reading shit to remind me of what happened. Yeah. So I was going to Jaime's house, and he remembers them saying like that the suit would just trust him, so he just jumps off the building, and the suit takes over, flies in there. Um, this is a real sad scene. Yeah. Back at home. I, I was basically in tears during this. That I thought this was a really great end to act two for this movie. Um, I thought it was one super, of the better scenes in the movie. Yeah, I thought it was super, super emotional. I thought it was. It went ways I didn't expect. Like I did not expect them to have you know uh, technology to catch Jaime, uh, so he couldn't use the suit. And uh, I didn't expect anyone from the family to die. And uh, the house burning in the background. It was just. Oh, it was such a good scene. Yeah. It was a very Uncle Ben-like moment. You see his dad die, and I thought his dad was the most likable member of the family. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, And you just see everyone get crushed by it differently. It's one of their brothers, one of their husbands, their dad. Um, So he's he's gone, and Jaime didn't even get to say goodbye or anything. He's just captured. And the rest of them band together and they're like listen we lost him we gotta go save Jaime mm. let us figure that out and um he was taken to like this island fortress sort of thing and um in the meantime Jenny and the rest of the family get this ship that Ted had Beetleship and uh yes Beetleship and they go to this island to go and basically save Jaime and that is the end of the movie. Uh, like the full final like 25 minutes yeah. or so takes place there. Yeah, it's the, the final fight. Um, which is, you know... it's And like, it's a long one. Like, yeah. I'm not going to recap every part of it. Well, they land, they kick some ass with the beat, with the beetle machine. Um, Jaime sees his dad. Like, he has that like kind of like between lives kind of thing. And his dad... Who again? The a- actor played his dad very, very good. Um, was just yeah. like, uh, my destiny was to be here to tell you that your destiny is to be basically to be the Blue Beetle, and to you have to go back and you have to break out of this and you have to you know you have to do your thing. Uh, and he does, and he breaks out. And uh, what's a, what? Did, what did Susan Sarandon's character kept calling uh, the the scientist guy? She kept calling him oh, Sanchez. Sanchez. And he finally has enough. And he's like, my name is not Sanchez. And he has this big long name. And, yep. and he lets he, Do you know that actor? No. Where was he from? He is from it's, uh, What We Do in the Shadows, the vampire show. Oh, okay. Yeah. That I told you to watch. Yeah. He, uh, everyone on the show is vampires, but he is just one of their familiars. <laughs> like, he just helps out around the house. Yeah. And he just, his dream is to become a vampire, but they all refuse to turn him. <laughs> and his name in that is Guillermo, but the main character just always calls him Gizmo for all five seasons. <laughs> so I just laughed. I was like, this guy, just no one calls him by his right name. Uh, so his name is Harvey Guillen, and his, his real name in the movie, uh, where he has his final stand, he goes, my name is Jose Francisco Morales Rivera de la Cruz. And he he just shoves it to her when he yells that and lets uh let Jaime out of there to save him. They pretty much saves everyone. Yeah. Uh, but you um, see you see Ignacio uh, or Omac uh, killed the shit out of him. Uh, yeah, sadly. So that was a very sad end for him. But everyone in the family kind of has like a moment. Yes. Except for the mom. Yeah. She's a mom. Uh, so they, yeah, they all help out with various goons. Even even Nana uses this huge machine gun looking thing. She doesn't like the colonizers, so no. And it eventually comes down to Carapax and Jaime, of course. And um, yeah, he they go back and forth for a while. Obviously, um, it was more even. But at one point, Kajida is like. He's more powerful than he was. Be careful, because he had he had more of the scar. Yeah. 
And Jaime was about to kill him, but the suit didn't let him. And he did this whole thing throughout the movie, which is like, you know, the, he has the weapons to kill people, but he keeps changing it. Yes. Like, no, 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 yeah. we're not uh, killing people. Kaji always is like, we should eliminate this threat. And he's like, no. Yeah. So at the end, he is going to eliminate the threat. And Kaji is like, no, no, let's, let's not do that. And she shows him. And then we uh, get this yeah. home vision. I thought this was weird. Well, I mean, I will say they 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 uh, they explained it. She's like, when he, I was being uploaded into him, she was like, uh, I'm just assuming Kajida is a she. Sounds like a she. Uh, I didn't want to gender her, but that's what I'm doing. Um, yeah. And uh, Kaji goes, you know, I saw his life. Let me show it to you. And he sees it. Super sad. He was like stolen by Victoria Court. Like when he was a kid, after they killed his mother, and basically yep. turned into like their super soldier, and uh, yeah, he goes to kill him, but then he decides not to because he sees this, and uh, uh, Carapax is like, you know what? Fuck this bitch, and he just he takes, he takes uh, Victoria Cord, Susan Sarandon. And he's like, "All right, you gonna die now." And he over what he overloads his suit, and another like yep. nuclear, like like a Soka, like a nuclear bomb explosion happens. Um, they gotta get out of there, but they do. And, uh, yeah, they do barely. Yeah. And, uh, that's, and um, that's that's the end of the fight. Everything after that is all just wrap up. Um, they get they get Uncle Rudy a new car. They finally have the funeral for uh, Jaime's dad. Uh, yep, and the whole town comes together to help yes, to rebuild their house. Yes. And Jenny's CEO of Court Industries now, and her and Jaime seem to be a thing. Yep, very cute. And that's pretty much it. And he's like, uh, "You need me to take you?" Like she has a motorcycle, but he's like, "Let me fly you where you gotta go." And yeah. she said yes, so good for her. So no secret identity for. Uh, for this hero. Yeah, I guess not, right? I mean, maybe, like, for the public. But... Yeah, I don't know. He didn't really seem to hide it in front of the whole town there. Yeah. Maybe they're not worried about the town. No. But yeah, and then we, and then had, we get... Then we had two credit two scenes. Seats. Did you agree that the last one was stupid? Beyond? I don't even know what the fuck it was. Like, what was even the point it's of a, that? It's, it's like a Mexican uh, superhero cartoon thing. It, like it's legitimately a thing, so that was for like the niche audience of people who. Yeah. Um, no, the first one was good. Um, first one was good. They reveal that obviously when they said that Ted Cord was missing and not dead, that he was obviously going to come back, and he was in the computer, uh, in his beetle cave, and he was just like, uh, "Someone, thank you for turning this on. Uh, someone tell my daughter I'm not dead and I'm trying to come back." But no one was down there. Um, but we were down there. We saw it. Um, yes. And, and that leads. So someone to, will hear him. Yes, that will lead to the you know uh, speculation about you know who's going to play Ted Cord. Is he going to be in the future? And that's how Booster Gold comes back. Um, Maybe would make sense. And then people are like, oh, who are they going to cast? They kind of showed the mom, uh, Mama Cord, uh, her drawing. And people were like, oh, they want Jason Sudeikis to play this part. Because it did look like Jason Sudeikis. Uh, the little, the, as long as it's not Chris Pratt, which is a rumor. Well, no, Chris Pratt would be Booster Gold. I'm talking Ted Cord. Oh, you, you mean Ted Cord? Yeah, Ted Cord. Okay, no, I don't want Chris Pratt as anyone. <laughs> uh, just the legendary Star-Lord, that's it. He's got a Star-Lord movie. Yes. Um, uh, I could see Sudeikis. Yeah, I mean, obviously, kind of obviously, I don't think that they have him and that he wasn't like signed on for this no. but the way they like the drawing if, if you can find it on the internet the drawing of Ted Cord and his family that the wife made it's like a painting so it's not like yeah, uh, it's not like a photograph or anything it kind of looks like Jason Sudeikis and people okay. and I, I thought that in the theater I was like oh do they want Jason Sudeikis to play his role and then everyone online was like uh, I'm in some Twitter DC communities they're like that was Jason Sudeikis right they, Jason Sudeikis is gonna and I was like oh Oh, so other people saw that too. So it seems pretty obvious that. That's that, just me. 
that that is that might be who they want. They might not get it, and that's why it was a painting and not like a picture or anything like that. Yeah, but yeah, but maybe it would make fun. sense. That could be the good, you know. You do the Booster Gold series. You bring you know Ted Cord in, and then you don't even have to have um, Heine in it a lot, and you could kind of just move on from there. Right. Do that, and then bring them back to the DCU where he would finally meet Jenny, and you could kind of have them in the in the finale or whatever, you know, kind of set up what they're going to do. After yeah. That. So I think that'd be pretty pretty smart, honestly. Um. And it would be funny, right? Like uh, a a '90s uh, superhero goes to the future and is in is becomes friend with a guy who's like a fake superhero. So that's yeah, I think that works. So and I don't know what the fuck that end credit scene was. Yeah, and the end credit scene was just that was just a uh, Easter egg for some people who like that stuff. Um. With that said, uh, we'll do our ratings, which we do here for movies. Um, my original, original, like right out of theater, texted Brian. I went 8.5. I thought uh, this was probably one of the better DC like introduction movies in a very, very long time. They don't have many of those usually, too, like probably since Wonder Woman. Um, yeah. Uh, they don't really do those intro movies like Marvel would do previously. Um and like I said, kind kind of like oh they did Shazam, kind of like Shazam, kind of like Iron Man, kind of like Ant Man, like which are really top tier fucking introductions. So I'm yeah. an eight point five. I I hope they keep, and I do think they'll keep Jaime and Jenny and all. That. I think they're gonna keep them, even with the disappointing box office. This wasn't yeah, it's very, not their fault. It wasn't a it wasn't a uh, very expensive movie to make because they did make it for Max, and which is funny too because I did think that the CGI in this movie was really fucking good. So it was. like, so like, where did that you know budget come from? Like, what what would they shoot on location a lot? I guess maybe that's where the budget went, but maybe yeah, I don't know. But I, I for for a small small budget, I think it was only a hundred million dollar budget for this movie. Um, I thought that the CGI in this movie was was better than most things I've saw this year. Like other than Guardians, like it was probably the best CGI I think I've seen in a superhero show or movie this year. Um, yeah, it was really good. It was really fun, and the suit was practical. I think that helps a lot too, because uh, they didn't do a full um, CGI suit. It was mostly practical. Yeah, uh, I love practical suits. I think we need to go back to those. Um, but yeah. Uh, like when you see those, like off topic, when you see like those backstage, uh, not backstage, those back, you know, like those behind the scenes, like Marvel clips, and it's like Tom Holland is wearing a green suit. It's just like, yeah, fucking put him in a fucking Spider Man suit, like fucking. It loses it, yeah. Like that's such an easy costume to do. What are we doing, man? Because they did all that stupid Iron Spider shit, which yeah. I hate. But yeah, I, I mean, that, that's mostly what it is when they do the Iron Spider stuff. Yeah. But fucking. The green screen suits, like Green Lantern, horrific. Uh, yeah, all these green screen suits are bad. Iron Man is probably the best one. That's not. That's not terrible. But yeah, but fucking practical suits. Bring me back to practical suits. Wow. Well, Street Spidey will have a practical. Yes. Yeah. Oh, big, big time. Yeah. That, that that wouldn't make any sense if he wasn't. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Bring so you landed eight, eight five. Eight five. Eight point five. I really really enjoyed it. I think it's. If we're going rankings, I would put it right behind Guardians as the best movie of the year. Okay. I like Guardians a lot more than it. Mm. Um, but I like this one better than the other ones. Yeah. I think I'm landing at like an eight. Just because there was some stuff that I thought was just a little dumb. Yeah. But I'm nitpicky like that. Yeah. Like I the gum. Like, I don't know what the fuck that was. Like they used this gum to save them all. Yeah, that was a like, suit. Uh, I thought it was going to do something way cooler because she was like, don't touch that. That's mine. Yeah. And I get but it. But it was like, just like made, a plot he device. It, like, he made it for the kid. Like, like, and I will say, like, even as a plot device, it makes sense. Like, you know, it's something that he made for a child. You know? Yeah, she was a kid. Yeah. So, like, and it's got to be safe. You know, make it a gum bomb or whatever the fuck, gum thing, whatever the fuck it was. Um, so it, it didn't, even though it was a plot device, it, they did make it make sense, which I love. But yeah, it, it was. Stupid. It was. Stupid. The whole scene with the scarab, too, like the farting gas. I was like, all right, we're getting a little juvenile here, but okay. We got it. We got to get it. 
Um, but again, that's like me being nitpicky. Like it's it's an it's an eight for me. So still very much enjoyed it. If they announced the Blue Beetle two, I would be pumped. Yeah. Um, I think hopefully you know when the dust settles on the DCEU, which will end this December, uh, and we get into next year, and hopefully the strikes are over, and James Gunn can talk more about his plans because apparently, even though they announced ten projects. They have more stuff in the tank, so which it makes sense. Yeah. They haven't really, they haven't really touched the, the the surface on what they can do with the, these characters. So, right. Because um, I look, look, right, Blue Beetle, unknown to most people. Like I read comic books, we, I watch TV, I watch the, the animated. Never heard of this fucking guy, yeah. and he's now one of my favorite. I thought he was great. I thought this is a great character, a great actor, great writing, great story. Great suit, great powers. Uh, so it, it definitely has legs, you know. So yeah, and like look, look, what happened, look, look exactly what happened with Ant Man, right? Like, oh, we knew Ant Man, but we were like, oh, how are they going to do an Ant Man movie that's not quite like Iron Man? Yeah, like he's stupid. And then he's became one of the more integral parts of Marvel universe. So it's yeah. uh, it's very possible for this to take off, you know. Even even with the, even with the low box office, I think once. I really, again, we've talked about this a lot. I really do think the fact that this is a movie series that is ending really hurt this year the box office. It Maybe it turns out they shouldn't have announced everything or half of everything in January because I think it really hurt them. Right. Because people thought that, you know, last October when Black Adam tanked that it was like, oh, you know... Mm, maybe we should announce this now. Turns out, no, Black Adam did really, really well compared to these other fucking movies that they're releasing this year. Just because people are like, right. oh, well, I don't need to see this because it's over. After this year, it's over. Yeah. We're moving on to something new, and then I'll go see that. Because people are going to go see Superman. Superman is such a huge character, and it's the, it's the right move to start off with it, with Superman in 2025. So it's just like, yes, okay. Superman, people are going to fucking go see it. And if it's great, which it probably will be, because they have some good casting choices. James Gunn, obviously, writing and directing it. He's tremendous. It's probably going to be a great movie. And it's going to start off on the right foot. People are going to be excited. And then they're going to be like, okay, let's go back to something that was also really good. Amanda Waller and Peacemaker and that kind of crew. That'll be good. And then we'll do... Uh, what was it? The Authority, and that'll be kind of like Blue Beetle, where we're introducing these characters for the first time, but we'll make sure that yeah. it's really good. And then we'll jump into Batman and Supergirl, which are these are things that people know, so people will come back. It it, it makes sense the way they're gonna do it. It's just the fact that they apparently announced it uh, killed these four movies this year. Um, it's really sad because yeah, which, it's really sad too because it, it I think all three have been some of the better DC movies that they put out. Yeah. But they they knew they had to do it. They yeah. were just in they were in too deep. Yeah, in a hole. Yeah, and that's why, like like we've said, uh, when you know they move, we talk about them moving Dune, but they're not going to move Aquaman. You just got to rip the bandaid off. You know. Yeah. And, and who cares? And, and, and it's going to take whatever. And like, and like I said, Christmas is its best chance to do well because that's a very big time to go to the movies. That's like the second. That's the biggest movie day of the year is Christmas. So. Yeah. Exactly. So that that that's the best, and you just got to rip the DCEU bandaid off. You just got to do it. It's over yep. after Aquaman. Don't push anything back. Run it. If Momoa can't promote it, it's a shame. Whatever. But just be whatever. done with it. You, you just have to be done with it. Even though these movies yep. have been good this year, people are done with this movie series. They're done with it. They're yep. going to wait for 2025 for Superman. They get a whole year off. That's amazing. And then they get to go see Superman in July. A year and a half. They get to see Superman in July. So, yep. And that might even get pushed back. It might be two years, depending on when they could start filming this thing next year with the strikes. So. Exactly. It all depends on the strikes. Exactly. So, end them. And uh, I do want to say I've learned while I was uh, ranting about, you know, the DCU uh, that Kajida was voiced by a woman, Becky G. So. There you go. I feel better about myself. Yeah. So that said, that's going to do it for our big Super Size episode. And that's our strong ending. That's our strong ending. <laughs> Becky G, Kajida. Um, that's going to do it for our big uh, Super Size episode. We'll be back next week with episode three of Ahsoka. Uh, that'll be fun. 
Uh, and then, again, like I said, we're going straight through to the end of the year. We're going to do Loki. We're going to do Marvels, Aquaman. So we'll be back every week. So check us out on X at Infinity Box RW. Uh, I lied to you all. I completely forgot to get us on Spotify. But check us out on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, TuneIn Radio, iHeartRadio, all, all the places where your podcasts are found. Uh, check us out there. Um, check out my wrestling podcast. It's all in weekend. We're going to do a show about the biggest, Brian, the biggest wrestling attended show in history. Oh. They have surpassed, AEW has surpassed WrestleMania 32 in Dallas at Tickets Distributed. So it is now the biggest wrestling show of all time. The most people will ever be in a stadium to watch a wrestling show um, of all time. So that's cool. fun. That's really cool. Uh, so it's going to be a big show. Uh, so we're going to talk about it on our on our podcast at TIR Wrestling on Twitter. All the same podcast apps plus Spotify. Uh, it's in London, so it's going to be in the afternoon. So that's cool. We should do more afternoon pay per views, kind of like sports. I kind of like that. Yeah. Um, like the premier, like the Premier League. Um, and yeah, that'll do it for us. We'll be back again next week. Ahsoka episode three. Brian, any last words for the people? I got nothing. Uh, nothing for these people. Nothing for the people. We're back. We'll see you next week. Bye bye. Later.